Strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Raid. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. The Red Sea is rising up. Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm ready. I'm 100% ready. I'm telling you I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury. 200 72 and tonight is number one 272 regular season games in the nfl this year and tonight is numero uno week one for everyone and forget ron wolfley the whole trite you know jeez are you ready for some football no are you ready to cram it vertical that's what I want to know around here. Are you ready for a new energy? Are you ready for a new mentality, a new level of accountability? Because it's all coming, and we're kicking things off. The original Thursday night football, the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, Paul Calvisi here, Ron Wolfley there. Paulie, I'm so glad you started with that right there, especially the cram it vertical, okay, because that's exactly what I want the Arizona Cardinals to do offensively is to cram it vertical. And then defensively, Paul, I want them to cram it up. Do you know what I'm saying, Paul? Whoa, hello. Like just, it's a family show, Wolf. Uh, no, Paulie, I'm talking about stuff it up, stuff the run. Gotcha. Gap integrity, okay? I'm talking – so, Paulie, just in summation once again – Cram it vertical and cram it up, Paul. Yeah. All right. By the way, just to let you know, I've already secured trademark rights on the T-shirts, so don't even think about going into business, Calvisi Consulting. We're going to be selling those T-shirts real soon here, Wolf, okay? Cram it vertical Yeah, you shirts. ripped me off on that one, Paulie, and you know you did, because I told JG we need a T-shirt. Yeah. All right, so here's the deal. Jonathan Gannon, uh, yet to publicly name his starting quarterback. Let's just start with QB1, because Kyler Murray, the known and unknown, what's known is he's on pup, he's going to miss the first four games. When he's coming back, dot, 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 unknown. I'm guessing around Halloween, give or take. I have no idea. That's strictly a guess. <laughs> Here's what we do know is there's a good chance, at least reportedly, according to the NFL Network, the Cardinals are going to start a quarterback who didn't take a single snap in Cardinals camp, didn't take a single snap with the Cardinals in the preseason. Okay, Yet he has an aerospace engineering degree from Tennessee, he has a big brain. His name is Josh Dobbs. And here's Dobbs on his ability to pick up the offense so far. I figured I was going to get down pretty quick. You know, just being able to keep a good relationship with Drew um, and then get here and dive into the playbook. You know, having last week out there on the field with the guys, but also in the film room with the coaches to pour through kind of, hey, what were the differences from here and in, in the last playbook I was in with them? How did you guys change stuff? Having that week helped a lot, and now being able to vocalize those nuances and stuff that I know or stuff that has changed to my teammates has been really good. All right, Joshua Dobbs right there, and he's talking about Drew Petsing, the Cardinals offensive coordinator who was his quarterback's coach in Cleveland. 
their connection, the relationship, his knowledge of this system in a lot of ways, including a lot of the verbiage. So all that being the case, Wolf, what sort of challenge is this, do you think, if indeed he is your starter on Sunday? Oh, it's still going to be a big challenge, Paulie. It really is, because he doesn't even know his teammates. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know he knows them, right? Hey, how you doing? But he doesn't really know them yet. And, you know, Paulie, it's kind of like you at a party whenever we go out and we socialize, whenever that is. And you know how awkward you are, Paul, at a party. And it just, you don't really know these people. So it puts you in a weird kind of vibe. And I think that's exactly where josh dobbs is he's in that weird vibe type place right now where he 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 knows his teammates but he doesn't know his teammates and that's going to be a process of course but the fact that he is a veteran i think really helps him right here he has gone through a lot of the terminology a lot of the pro concepts that he, you're going to find in the National Football League. He, he did it at Pittsburgh. He did it with the Titans in Cleveland. And he, this is a guy that has been around and knows some of the concepts that exist in the game of football. And then Drew Petzing, his relationship with him as well. He's a veteran. Um, I, th- I expect him to go out and actually play like a veteran, Paul, and not look like a guy that is a rookie. See, the difference at a party versus football is in football, your teammates, your colleagues have their names on the back of their jerseys. So there's a competitive (laughs) advantage in that regard. He actually made that joke that on game day, he's actually going to rely on the fact that guys have nameplates on the back. Or you could just go the Kaiser White. I remember him saying about a month after he was signed here with the Cardinals, he said he still didn't know anyone's names, but everybody was just, hey, my man. Everyone's, my man. How are you? My man. So you can always go that route as well. Look, Joshua Dobbs just did this, did he? not to end last season on eight days notice he went to Tennessee he learned their offense he started the first two games of his career the final two games of last season for the Titans the second game was a lot better than the first game so he's been there and done that in terms of navigating the learning curve Uh, he said he got a running start just by being traded to the Cardinals and the Drew Petzing system that gave him a bit of an advantage yes yes but how restricted do you think Drew Petzing will be on the play calling sheet when it really gets down to it on Sunday. You know what, Polly? I, I really don't know for sure what to expect on that, but I can tell you my guess is that this is, again, a veteran quarterback who knows this offense to some degree, who knows Drew Petzing, of course, and you just heard him talk about that right there. And not only that, though, Paulie, but he's exactly what I think the Cardinals are looking for in a quarterback. This is something you've talked about as well, the dual threat nature of 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 his game, I think, is something that they value. And because of that, Paulie, you know, I, I expect them to open up the playbook. Now, when you game plan, of course, you're trying to be specific as to what you see on tape from your opponent. So you want to go ahead and say, okay, this is the defense they like in rundown situation. These are some of the pressures they like in third and obvious pass situations. You know, whatever it may be, you're game planning specifically for an opponent. So you don't have to have all of the playbook at his disposal. It's more of a game plan. It's going to be a focused attempt here by the Cardinals, and I think – Josh Dobbs is going to handle that beautifully. Game Plan is also the name of Jonathan Gannon's TV show, which we host every week. And we asked him specifically, you know, Coach, you've said more than once that you really like about Clayton Toon and Josh Dobbs, the fact they can, quote, make plays inside and outside the pocket. 
And he said, absolutely. In today's yes. NFL, that is vital. That is critical. And when you watch just a little bit, we've been able to watch Josh Dobbs on the Cardinals practice field. He's very fluid. He moves very well. He throws very well on the run. He's very accurate on the run with a strong arm. He's one of four quarterbacks in SEC history to total 50 passing touchdowns and 25 rushing touchdowns in their career. The others, Tim Tebow, Dak Prescott, and Johnny Manziel. So, so he can move. He can really run. Now, as for the whole SEC connection, here's DJ Humphreys with only a scouting report Hump can give when asked about Josh Dobbs, his new quarterback. Josh, he's quiet, dude. He's just what it seems like anyway for me. Uh, he went to Tennessee, though, so it could, he could just be a weird dude. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> that could be the case. So I, I haven't really quite figured him out yet, but I'm, I'm, you know what I mean? He's, a, he's on my team, so I'm going to find out. I'll let you know sooner or later whether or not he's a cool dude or not. But UT, starting out, ah, got to watch him. Got to watch him for sure. See, it's sort of like the trash talk between you and Larry Fitzgerald between West Virginia and Pitt, okay? You always <laughs> get it, Paul. A little bit. By the way, LJ Collier is our guest on this edition of the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. So we'll get some perspective on the Cardinals' starting defensive lineman, what he's seen at Dobbs in practice, along with about a ton of other topics as well. And look, the other thing for whoever the quarterback is going to be, we both believe that this will be a much more balanced offense this year, correct? Yes. James Conner. I mean, look, if you're a fantasy football manager and you left James Conner on the board late in your draft, you made a mistake because I think he's tracking for a big year and it won't be for a lack of opportunities. They are going to give him the football. You know what's also interesting, Paulie? I'm, I'm agreeing with what you're saying, but I also I cannot help it. Um, I, I think of Josh Dobbs and I think of his skill set. And I think he favors more Kyler Murray's skill set than he does Clayton Toon in mm. his skill set. So it, it's not that Clayton Toon cannot be a dual-threat guy. I think he can, but he's got to prove that. He's got to develop that a little bit more for me. But for for the fact that Kyler Murray, at some point in time, I fully expect, and I know you do as well, I think we all do, Paulie, that Kyler Murray's going to get the opportunity to play here sometime in October. He's going to get the opportunity to play, and I fully expect the offense to look the same in regard to personnel groups, in regard to the formations they're going to use, and in regard to a lot of the plays that they're going to use. I think Kyler Murray starts that way. When he does get the opportunity to play, he's going to be in the Josh Dobbs offense. That's interesting. That's really interesting. I mean, there's a reason they went after Josh Dobbs. Obviously, the connection to Drew Petsing and the knowledge right there. But, I mean, he's on his sixth team in his seventh season, and he just, the end of last year, started his first two career games. So what do the Cardinals know? What do the Cardinals like right. about a Josh Dobbs? And maybe that's a great point. Maybe just the fact it wouldn't be a big transition from his skill set to a Kyla Murray once K-1 returns. I like that. Very interesting. I mean, it's we're going to pose this question a little bit later. Like, what is the rest of the NFL going to find out about this team that we think we know and a balanced offense I think is one a really yes. potent run game is one I think another one is Michael Wilson can play and you're going to have some blocking receivers Zach Pascal, Michael Wilson you didn't have a year ago which is going to pave the way in the run game I firmly believe episode 62 of the Dave Pash podcast featuring Cardinals all pro safety Buda Baker available now you can follow on Twitter via 
uh, at PashPod. And by the way, Buda Baker, he is tracking to have a career year as well. We continue with the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. To the air after a play action fake. On the move, throws, and it's broken up, nearly picked off by Keytrell Clark. He can get from A to B, right? He's, he's fast. He's sticky on routes, and he's shown that throughout training camp. He showed that in the first preseason game. What I also love about Keytrell is he's ferocious. You know, he's not the biggest guy, but he plays big. Keytrell Clark coming up to make the big hit after a gain of a couple. And he ain't turning on any kind of contact, and I, I, I do appreciate that with his game as well. When there's question marks. You need answers to those question marks, and he's one of those guys that may be an answer. As Drew Stan, yours truly, we were calling the game. We were saying, look, August is about answers. And the Cardinals think they got an answer on their six-round rookie out of Louisville, Keith Trell Clark. You heard Nick Rollis there in the Pash Pod. Guess what? It's September, and he is a starting corner, your six-round rookie. It's the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley. Right around the corner, we're joined by L.J. Collier, former first-round pick of Seattle, a starting defensive lineman for the Cardinals. we got a ton of questions there, but Wolf, in your mind, maybe the biggest question mark in terms of position group cornerback going into this camp, where do you feel on how the Cardinals stand right here, right now, going against a heck of a receiving trio that Washington has on Sunday? Yeah, Paulie, it's going to be very, very tough right now. Um, Obviously, Marco Wilson is still a young CB1, and he's got all the athleticism you could possibly want right there. But, um, yeah, he's still a work in progress, I think. Uh, Keytrell Clark, the same thing. Obviously, he's a rookie right now. To me, Paulie, it's, it's really interesting, man, when you've got a young guy like that at corner, They can actually contribute, I think, quickly because being a corner, especially if you're playing an awful lot of man cover, is you got that dude right there. You're not doing an awful lot of thinking. Now, I don't want to oversimplify it. I really don't. But for me, Keytrell Clark has got a chance to come in and make an immediate impact because of all of the man cover that I expect we're going to see at some point in time, whether it's a combination man zone or whether it's just straight up man, whatever it may be. I expect to see a lot of man cover, and Keytrell Clark is the guy that I think can contribute immediately. It's kind of like playing edge, Paulie. You can make an impact immediately as a rookie. Just go get the quarterback, okay? Now, I know it's an oversimplification of the truth, of course, to say that, but it's 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 one of the reasons why Michael Wilson in wide receivers typically will struggle early on because of all the complex coverages that they're going to see. And yet at the same time, I don't expect Michael Wilson to struggle because he's absolutely brilliant. And I'll tell you what, Keytrell Clark, he got a lot of regular season looks and experience in the preseason. By that, I mean he got almost a full first half against Russell Wilson. He then got Patrick Mahomes. He got Justin Jefferson over two joint practices. He made an early play on Justin Jefferson, and then Justin Jefferson got him back, right? So <laughs> he, he, he learned a lot along the way, and, and, and along the way, you know, Wolf, you have to earn the trust of your coaches and your yes. teammates. Here's Buda Baker talking about Keytrell Clark and just the work ethic. Control is definitely one of those guys that puts the extra work in, uh, extra meeting in. Um, he'll talk to the, you know, of course, the safeties, uh, see what we see, of course. And, um, you know, he's, he's 
a guy who's very fast, has has a quick twitch, young. Um, and I'm very excited to see what he can do on Sunday because he's been making plays, and uh, I'm excited to see him make more plays this season. We got a sense in early May that he was precocious as a rookie when he said he already had a notebook on Michael Wilson and other Cardinals receivers just for practice. Man, he had a notebook. So you see the work ethic, and guess what? It resulted in a starting position for a guy who was taken on day three of the draft. Yeah, you know, Paulie, once again, I I mean, coming in, you only have two corners, two starting corners, now three, I think I included nickel corner as a starter as well. But it was interesting to see how Keytrell Clark came into that third preseason game, and Paulie, he, he was he was a done deal. He had made the team. You don't see a lot of guys drafted where Keytrell Clark was drafted coming into that third preseason game already established as a guy that not only was going to make the roster, but was most likely figured to start as well. So that just shows you the kind of training camp and the kind of preseason that Keytrell Clark had and the confidence that the coaches have in him. So we went with the slogan, let the rook cook for Clayton Toon, the fifth-round rookie quarterback, right? And that was in the preseason. Looks like he's going to be the backup. So now we're going to amend that to let the Rooks cook. When you look at the depth chart, there's Keytrell Clark. There's a six-pick overall, Paris Johnson Jr. He's a starter. And then the third rookie starting, running with the first team, is Michael Wilson, the third-rounder out of Stanford. Here's Hollywood Marquise Brown today talking about the rookie. Mike got a unique skill set. I feel like our games come from each other very well, and I feel like a lot of people that sleep on him, they're going to wake up come game time. Hello. How about that? I mean, there's a lot of quiet confidence in that locker room about what's coming with Michael Wilson, and I think we got a real sense, Wolf, did we not, when he was held out a lot of the preseason. We didn't (laughs) see him in a lot of the preseason games. Darren and I, and this is more Darren than me because he actually covered that game, was there in person. He wondered aloud, Darren Urban, could this be an Anquan Bolden sort of explosion where you keep a rookie receiver under wraps and then in the first game we remember that epic, historic game Anquan Bolden had, 10 catches for over 200 yards and two touchdowns. Now, nobody's predicting that sort of productivity, but he could have a big impact on Sunday and make a name for himself. No, you're right, Polly. There's no doubt. And, you know, again, um, I have to say this, but – Michael Wilson is a really smart guy, Ron. <laughs> he's a super smart guy, Paul. I got to tell you, man. And because of that, he's got a chance to actually come into the National Football League as a wide receiver and make an immediate impact. Now, you know, once again, we've seen wide receivers from time to time come in and, and make that immediate impact. We've seen that, but as we've discussed many times in the past, it's rare yep. that it actually happens. And Michael Wilson, I, he's got it upstairs. He can understand the concepts offensively. He can understand read routes offensively. He can, uh, he can read defenses, Paul, and understand some of the adjustments and do it on the fly. This is what I've been told because he's a very, very bright guy. Mm. Paul, if, if, if you can't do that, you got no chance of being a receiver that is actually going to contribute big contribute significantly your rookie year if you can't see it first in the brain he does see it which tells me now he's got a chance to be able to go out and execute it 
And when you're talking about a guy who's 6'2", 213 pounds, who's very, very physical, this is a guy that I love opposite of Hollywood Brown. Let's talk about that for a minute. I think that's another reason why he's running first team because this team is dead set on running the ball. And when you listen to Gannon, he's not kidding when he says the run game is all 11. He expects the receivers to block. There's a reason Zach Paschal is going to be out there. There's a reason a Michael Wilson, I think, is starting instead of some of the smaller receivers on this roster because they're going to feature the run. And we know, talking to the coaches, he's put on film some hellacious blocks already in the preseason. The little action he got, he did not hesitate to bring the boom on some defenders. So they're counting on that aspect of his game. And you're right, because it was a study two years ago, and they said the lowest hit rate for any first-round position group in the draft to make an immediate impact was receiver. It was like 17%. I don't know how they calculated. It's all the analytics. The point was that receivers – more than any other position group, have an initial difficulty trying to make that transition and be productive in the regular season. And a lot of that is just the mental side of it because your 40 doesn't matter, your hands don't matter, if you're not running the right route and being in the right spot for your quarterback. Yes, and not only that too, Paulie, you've heard me talk a lot about 12 personnel, right? One back, two tight ends. Can you imagine 12 personnel where you've got um, Jeff Swaim as a stud tight end on the field, Zach Ertz as your move tight end on the field, Michael Wilson as your Y, and Hollywood Brown as your X. Can I tell you right now, attack the line of scrimmage, attack the line of scrimmage, and then use play action to throw it over their heads. I love the fact that you've got two tight ends out on the field and a Michael Wilson out on the field who is going to block downfield and is a big unit doing it. Attack the line of scrimmage with two tight ends blocking. Attack the line of scrimmage. Cram it vertical, as J.G. loves to say, with James Conner. And then here's Hollywood Brown over the top (laughs) with a play action path for me paulie again it's a very simple approach yet it's a deadly approach and it's been around the nfl for a long long time and i love that combination we were watching the red white practice in camp the great roy green said you know what's going to be the best thing for hollywood brown rondell moore and greg dorch play action (laughs) big shots downfield to those guys yep so, single-game tickets on sale now, azcardinals.com slash buy tickets. That's azcardinals.com slash buy tickets, because don't forget, after this Washington road trip, the Giants come to the AZ, Dallas comes to town. Wolf, how many times have you said Washington has four first-round picks on the defensive line? You know what? The Cardinals added their own former first-round pick on the defensive line, and we're going to talk to him next. L.J. Collier joins us on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Russell Wilson in the gun. Quick set, quick throw, batted at the line of scrimmage, and that was L.J. Collier getting the big mid up there and knocking it down. The former first-round pick out of Seattle has had an early career revival, at least so far in Cardinals camp. If anybody's the best cook in the D-line room, it's me. I make one hell of a steak. <laughs> Shout out to Traeger, man. Okay, so he's flexing his ability to grill a steak. Yeah, the only steak he grilled is still in his freezer. So he, he, he told us he, he told us he was going to invite everybody over to come to the pool, and he was like, "I'm buying steaks, I'm I'm buying chicken wings, and and we just didn't make it." So I, I think it's still in his freezer or it's in the trash. 
I'll tell you what, Wolf, there's one unanswered question that we have to address before week one, before this season kicks off. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Jonathan Ledbetter, LJ Collier, back to Jonathan Ledbetter. This is like the U.S. Open tennis right now. We're coming back to the other side. LJ Collier joins us in the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Your response to this cooking controversy, if you will, LJ. Man, look, I don't have to say anything. I can just ask my wife. Her family. I got plenty of people that have come vouch for my steaks, man. And if you guys would ever give me the opportunity, I'd love to make you one. I feel like I do oh, all right. Hello. I do okay. Hello. John, John don't even he don't even have a grill at his house. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh my goodness. Now, LJ, I have got I've got a okay, you got I know you got the grill and that's awesome right now, but I gotta ask you this. I, I before we dive into the meat of this. You come from a small town, correct? Very small, man. Monday's one of those towns that if you blink going through, you'll miss it. But it's a great place to grow up, I guarantee you. And and where exactly is it again, and how many people are populating this town? Man, it might be 1,000 to 500 in the town. And I'll tell you, I might have had 100 100 to 300 kids in the school. I can't really remember. I've been gone so long. But, I mean, I'll tell you like this. My sophomore year of English, it was three of us in there. It was me. This girl named Darian and uh, Yachty. So it was just us three in there. I, have, I still talk to my English teacher to this day. Me and her son are pretty close. So this is oh. this is Monday with you. Monday, Texas? Yes, sir. Okay. Wow. So what was the football program like then? When I was in high school and coming up, we were actually really dominant, man. We had one of the best teams in the state at the time. We won state my junior year, and we were always pretty good. They're not as good as we were back in the day, but I, or I played both sides of the ball. I played tight end for my first three years in DN. And, and my senior year, I got mixed around a little bit. I played some running back, some receiver. I kicked, I kicked off, and I kicked field goals. <laughs> wait a minute, wait, a, wait a minute. Running back and receiver. You're an NFL defensive lineman. Oh yeah, I had a nice little tool book coming out of co- coming wait out of high school. Wait a minute, now, LJ, you're telling me you had hands? Oh, guaranteed. I promise you. <laughs> Wolf, let me tell you, if my kid's on the field and L.J. Collier's running the ball, I'm pulling my kid off defense. I just, I mean, there's just, I mean, give me a break on that one. Oh, my so goodness. So when, when did they settle on you being a defensive tackle? Uh, man, pretty much uh, I met Sonny Cumbie, my recruiter, after my junior year when I picked off uh, a pass in the state game and ran it back for a touchdown. I pretty much knew then oh, I was going to play D-line then and there. Well, maybe that's when you learned to cook because you had to put on like 100 pounds, right? I don't know. <laughs> Truth be told, man, I like, I'd always wanted to learn how to grill and stuff, and uh, I never had time in college. So when I got my own house and stuff, I said I reached out to my agent see what they could help me do. And I just be like, Traeger helps you out a lot with the recipes on the app and stuff. So I just go from there and I just mix and match my own stuff. Wow. I might have to try that. The wife isn't a big fan of my barbecuing skills, by the way. That's neither here nor there. It's the Big Red Rage. L.J. <laughs> Collier joining us. Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley. All right, so. How regular season ready do you feel right now going into this opener at Washington? This is the best I've felt in my career as far as, like, just mentally prepared, ready to go, you know, just from all the stuff I've learned in Seattle and the stuff that the coaches have put us through here. I feel like we're ready. A lot of people think we're not, but I feel like we're going to go out there and we're going to show the world that we are more than what they say we are. It's a group of guys that are hungry. We got a lot to prove. and We don't want to prove anything to anybody but the people that are in this building and in that locker room. LJ, you mentioned it right there, Seattle. Why do you think things didn't work for you in Seattle? Man, it was a little of them, and it was a lot. It was a little of me, man. It went hand in hand. I should have made more plays here and there, and it just wasn't a right fit. There's a lot of good people over there in that building, and I have a lot of respect for some of them. Pete, John, those guys like that gave me multiple chances, but I really just needed a fresh start in a new place. 
You mentioned in the media about a month ago that it's a different mindset for you now in Arizona. Can you elaborate on that? You don't understand what it's like. I don't know what you, how much you guys know about Seattle, but it's just kind of like a dark, gloomy place. And when you're not playing well and stuff's just not going your way, it, it'll really carry on to you, man. You're just not feeling good about yourself. Whereas you get out here, it's sunny every day. It feels good. It just it, it brings energy into you. And I told myself I was going to take a different approach when I got here. I will smile every day. I will love what I do. So what do you think Cardinals fans are going to see out of your game? Did you give us a scouting report on yourself? Because I think everyone's wondering. They see your resume, right? <laughs> they see your status as a first-round pick. Obviously, the Cardinals have a need at that position. How would you describe yourself right now as you start this season? I feel like I'm going to go. I'm going to rush the hell out of the passer this year, and we're going to stop the run. I feel like I'm going to have a great year. I'm going to go for six or seven sacks, a lot of TFLs, and I'm going to ball this year. I could care less about the first-round pick thing. That only mattered the night of. Now I'm in, and that's all that matters. How can I provide for my family? How can I continue to make this thing go? How can I make this organization one of the best in the league? That's really what matters to me these days. Man, I got to tell you, that is, that is, I love that right there when you're talking about your family. How can I go out and provide for my family? Because you know what? Once you have that as your motivation, as you know, LJ, it'll never leave you. <laughs> that never. chip is going to be taken off your shoulder, and it's going to be buried in your heart internally. Once you're like, hey, listen, I'm out here. You guys, you're out here playing a game. That's great. I'm trying to support my family. <laughs> that motivation is awesome. So let me talk to you about this right here. From a technique perspective, three technique, five technique, where one, one technique, wherever they're going to move you, where do you like to play the most? I like playing over the three these days, the three technique. You know, I leave the, the five stuff to the guys out there like Cam, so you know, you Zabin, like, Dennis. you like being on the outside shoulder of the guard, whether it's strong or weak? Oh, yes, sir. 100% these days, you know, just work edges and help mainly go down the middle of them. I, you know. But one thing I can say, man, it's easy to come on here and tell what I'm going to do. And I'm the type of person, I mean, I've done a lot of talking in my career, where I'd rather just get up there and just show you guys what I come about. It's a long season. It may not start out the way I want at the beginning, but I guarantee you we're going to finish strong. Well, here's the head coach, Jonathan Gannon, just on how they plan on using LJ Collier. And it's going to be different than it was with his previous team. Knowing how they used them in Seattle for you know what they thought was best for their team, we're using them a little bit differently for what we think is best for our team and then for him. Um, he's done a really good job of you know taking on that responsibility and playing with some different techniques that he hasn't played with since he's been in the NFL. Um, I like where his game is at. He's he's a he's a mean guy with a high motor. I like that. We saw you get kicked out of a training camp practice. <laughs> Man, just me and my guy uh, Dennis just had a disagreement that day. It was the first day of pads, just you know, a little extra pushing, and we've since talked and worked it over and everything. Man, just you, when you play D line and O line, man, stuff just gets hectic in there sometimes. And I love Dennis to death, man. We're cool now. We squashed it, but man, sometimes sparks get to flying in there, and punches get thrown. It's a it's a grown man's game at the end of the day. Just so you know, LJ, I was standing and applauding when you were walking off the field when they tossed you because of that. I, I just honestly, a lot of people don't understand, I think. And uh, to me, it actually relieves a lot of pressure built, built up in that locker room right there. And it's amazing. Once you do go at it with a guy, just like you said, so much of the time, you end up making up, respecting each other, and everybody gains from it. It's an incredible thing, and you have to experience it, I think, to actually see it. But it sounds like to me, LJ, listening to you talk, you've had a come-to-the-waters moment in your career. You... you 
you feel like you're different somehow with the Cardinals than you were with the Seattle Seahawks, correct? 100%. Where is is that? How is that? Why is that different? My men, like uh, my mentals are different. I'm believing myself again. The confidence is there. I had no confidence in Seattle. I didn't believe in myself. At times, I, I didn't understand how I was the first round pick. It was just times things weren't coming to me as easy. And now I just took a different approach from watching film and just really harping on myself to like, man, that's not me. That's not who I am. I'm here for a reason. God has a plan for me. And like, wow, it's either one of those things where like I talked to my mentor. He was just like, man, look, dude, like, what do you want to do? Do you want to be an NFL player? or Do you want to go home and sit on the couch? And I'm just like. The way they're paying us in this job like this, man, you like like I said at the end of the day, it's family, man. And where I come from, I didn't come from much. And I feel like I'd be a fool to turn this down, this opportunity to go out there and make myself money, generational money that can set me up for life and have fun doing it. I didn't have fun in Seattle. I mean, I'm, it just wasn't fun for me. From Sounds like you don't lack for motivation right now. Nah. I, I, man, look, I'm geeked up and I'm ready to go. I have a lot to prove, man, and I'm just like, it really just proven to myself that I can do what I said I can do. And I know I can go out there and provide for this team and be one of the best in the league. I believe that. And Wolf. LJ, I love that. I just, Paulie, I just got to jump. LJ, I love that. I love that because, once again, so many people say, I want to prove other people wrong. You are saying, I want to prove myself right. That's what I'm hearing coming from you, Ed. 100%. Buddy, I got to tell you, it, it, do not lose sight of that. Because if you continue down that road with that kind of mentality, dude, man, with your skill and your talent, that's going to be a winning combination for you, brother. Wolf played 10 years as a fullback. They're still talking about how he fought Richard Dent, okay? The big defense. <laughs> now, it didn't go Wolf's way, but, you know, the respect Wolf earned, okay? And that's LJ Collier is our guest here. Let me ask you this. We didn't see a whole lot of the first-team D-line in the preseason, but when we did, it was impressive. What should our takeaways be from that, and then what sort of defense? I'm not asking game plan. I'm talking style of defense do you think we'll see under Nick Rollis this year? We're going to get after the ball. We're going to be aggressive. We're going to be technique sound, and we're going to be physical. We're going to get after you. We're going to run to the ball. We're going to all work in one motion. One thing I know about defense is is you got to do your 111. Everybody has a uh, a job to do. Everybody has something to do. And if you do your job, check off the boxes, you'll win that day. You know, there's a lot of talk about Washington's defensive line right now. Four first-round picks. You've heard it probably me, right? Does that fire up the opposing position group room when you hear about that all week? Oh, yeah, because they're not saying anything about us. All just, oh, they don't have any big-name, big-money guys. And now I'm just like, man, at the end of the day, one thing, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Any Given Sunday, mm-hmm. but that movie holds – like a heavy place in my heart comes just like they said it. Al Pacino said it right anything can happen on Sundays man <laughs> you can say what you want during the week all those guys who do the pencil pushing and on the computers and stuff I said man you ain't got to go out there and play you can say what you want to do about those guys and hell the commander's defensive line know a few of them Montez Sweat was drafted two picks before me and he's had a great career those guys are who they are for a reason but we are who we are for a reason but no knock no. on them or the commander's uh, organization, but we will show them we are here too. We got a lot of we got a hungry room. I'm not the only guy in that room that's hungry and believes they can take their career off this year. Everybody in that room is hungry. We have a great group. There's no drop off with us. But LJ, does Al Pacino know what a solid defense is or a bear defense? Does <laughs> not even, not even. <laughs> great movie though. Yeah, is it? I know it was a great movie, but it's, it's man, I see a lot of that. Is that what you guys call it? Just you know, terminology wise, when you cover the three interior offensive linemen with a nose tackle and two three techniques for the most part, is that you call that solid or do you call it a bear? We just call it pretty much just base. Solid would be a whole different thing. 
But um, we just call, you it, call much, it bass. Yeah, just bass, mm-hmm. just like our. our Do you stuff. like that? What is the advantage to you when three defensive linemen are bunched down, sunk down on both sides? What is the advantage? All gaps are taken. I handle my gap on the right, Led handles his on the left, and Lecky holds it down in the middle, or Kev, or whoever else is in the game, and there's nowhere for anybody to go. C gaps are taken by the linebackers. I got the B. A gaps are taken. Like everywhere, there's nowhere anybody to run. That's why I said where the the one eleven thing comes back into play. I handle my B gap, and the guys on the outside handle their gaps. Man, we'll all be fine. So you played L.J. Collier. You played at Washington 2021, two years ago. It's going to be, by all accounts, a totally different scene on Sunday. New ownership, including Magic Johnson, who gave a pep talk, I guess, yesterday to the locker room. It's It's been sold out for weeks. That's going to be a big vibe in that stadium, isn't it? It's going to be fun, man. I'm like, man, there's no greater feeling than getting a sack and just hearing the the crowd either shut up or roar. Like, there's no better feeling, man. So I, I live for this, man. That's what we work our, our tails off for from when the season ends till it begins the OTAs. That's what you're doing it for, man, to get to Sundays and show up and show out. So, LJ, you're, you're obviously watching a lot of tape, and I would imagine you're watching a lot of tape on mm-hmm. the commander's offense, of course. Talk to me about their offensive line right now. What are you seeing on tape from center all the way out to the tackles? Oh, uh, the center's kind of a heavy setter guy. You know, he's going to be real aggressive. Him and the left guard are going to be real aggressive. But the right guard's more, he's a former tackle, so he's going to be more like, he's going to jump out to the B-gaps more. And they can't really set on bull rushes very well, so we're going to have to work that very much, really game them up a lot. And they're not a bad group. You can't really disrespect any guy that plays in the NFL. They're, sure. They get a check just like we do. But I feel like if we hit all the points we talked about this week, We'll do fine from running games and really mixing stuff up and using our hands and getting on edges and the things we have seen in weeks to come from those guys or what they've done previously or how guys have beat them before. I feel like we'll show up and we'll have a good day on the D-line. i tell you what, I got a half an eye on number 91 in this game, LJ Collier. Thanks, man. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Oh, no, I appreciate you guys, man. Outstanding. We continue. We'll be right back to wrap up this edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. is Jenkins right to left play fake Plummer rolling right still on the run going to take off to the five and dives and he is in for the touchdown the arms are up the Cardinals score after the turnover that's a historic call Ron Wolfley are you aware that your longtime broadcast partner Dave Pash that's his first ever Cardinals touchdown call in the history of Arizona Cardinals radio circa 2002 at Washington. Think about wow. that. Wow, Paulie. You know, Dave Patch, working with him all these years, has been such an awesome experience right there. I, I know, Paulie, when to shut up when Dave's talking. Trust me on that. I wonder who's older, uh, Nick Rollis now or Dave Pash then. I, I, it's close. 29, 30 years of age right in that range right there. It is the Arizona Cardinals Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Special thanks, L.J. Collier, in that last segment. Great stuff. And you know what? I think there's a quiet confidence that he's building a great season straight ahead. We'll see. It's certainly a critical year. He's in a contract year. Came over on a one-year prove-it deal after being a first-round pick by Seattle. Now the Cardinals going into Washington. A uh, Let's just say that Cardinals history has a lot of monumental moments. Okay, We're talking that 2002 year, and you heard that call. That was Jake Plummer's final season opener with the Cardinals, that highlight. The year before was Pat Tillman's final NFL game at Washington. Four or five months later, News broke of Pat Tillman joining the Army. 
Think about that. Wow, Paul. That 2001 season finale at Washington was also Adrian Wilson's first career pick six. So there's – and now, now think about it. This game marks the first game under the new ownership group, Josh Harris – Magic Johnson, by the way, Magic Johnson gave a big old speech, inspirational, motivational speech to Washington to that locker room yesterday. I guess it fired up all the commanders based on reports. This, this new ownership group bought the team for over $6 billion, and the word is they have not seen this level of anticipation for a Washington game since RG3's rookie year. <laughs> that was more than a decade ago. It's sold out, and that's something they haven't done recently. Game is sold out. Yeah, that's incredible, Paulie. It really is. When I think of this matchup that is coming up on Sunday, of course, for me, all I can think of is the offensive line of the commanders because that has been the biggest question mark coming into training camp, coming into the preseason. It's been their offensive line, the commanders, Paulie. And to me, I think that's where the Arizona Cardinals need to get after that offensive line. They brought in some free agents. They're trying to actually build that offensive line. But that is the biggest question mark. It's not their skill. Their skill is good. And Sam Howell's got a lot to prove on that, but their skills, of course, we all know Terry McLaurin, our scary Terry Paul. He's got, does he it's not good. have the best nickname oh. ever right there? Um, we know they've got great skill, but that offensive line is a question mark. So you look at those receivers, right? Terry McLaurin, John Dotson, Curtis Samuel, but and, and, and they have weapons, there's no doubt. They got Logan Thomas, a former Cardinal, as their starting 10. And, but the thing is, if you have a bad offensive line, Yes. Dare I say you have a bad team. You're going nowhere. In the last five years, this Washington offense has finished in the bottom three of virtually every single category. They've had this is their seventh different season opening quarterback in seven years. So you're right. For all the talk this week about oh geez, can the Cardinals O line hold up against the Washington Commanders D line and the four first round picks? That might be where this game turns, the Washington offensive line. Yeah, Paulie, you know, and I know you can flip it over. You can say, man, that great Washington commander's defensive line against the Arizona Cardinals offensive line. Yeah, that is going to be a huge matchup, a huge part of the game as well. But I'm looking at Sam Howell. Everyone's talking about, oh, my goodness, you're starting Josh Dobbs, you know, or or maybe it's Clayton Toon you're starting right now. Hey, listen, you know what? It's not like Sam Howell's been out there for the last five years, you know, throwing 40 passes a game. No, he's not. It's his second career start. He's got 19 pass attempts on on his career, Paul. And, you know, to me – You've got to be able to protect him, of course. Can the Arizona Cardinals get to him? I would stuff the box, Paul. I would do that. I would force Howell to throw the ball. I would force him to beat you. Show that he can beat you. If you've got to adjust midstream, fine. But for me, if I'm Nick Rollis, I'm I'm cramming up the box, man. Cram it up. There you go, Paul. Everybody cites his win against Dallas in Week 18 last year. It was a meaningless game for Dallas. They showed up with preseason intensity and energy, and he went a pedestrian 11-19 for a buck 69. He had a touchdown. He had a pick. He struggled in the red zone in that one. Now he's got some wheels a little bit. He can move. He ran for a touchdown. He threw a 52-yard bomb to Terry McLaurin, who, by the way, practiced full today with that yes. toe injury. So he's tracking to play. But I'm with you. Sam Howell has as much to prove as anyone 
out on that field. And if you can take away his run game, to your point, you stuff up the box and you put it all on the guy who was a fifth-round pick a year ago, um, guess what? Advantage Cardinals, I would think. And I'm guessing that Nick Rouse-Wolf is going to show him anything and everything just for the sake of trying to confuse the inexperienced quarterback. Right, exactly. But that's that's a rundown where you jam up the box, you stuff it up. And then on, on third and obvious pass situations – I think we're going to see a lot of complex pressure and blitz packages coming from the Cardinals. I think they're going to show him that. They want to almost get inside his head, I think, a little bit, and then play coverage and hope that in selected situations he might throw them the ball. What do you think about the Cardinals blitzing? Real quick, because this staff did not have to blitz with Philly last year. How aggressive do you think they will get on defense? Paulie, I I think we're going to see that early. I think that's what we're going to see. Pressure bringing five and blitzes bringing six or more. I think we'll see it early. Try to get in his head and then play coverage. Interesting. All right, single game tickets again on sale now. Go to azcardinals.com slash buy tickets to secure your seats today. Cardinals at Washington, week one, 126 meeting in a rivalry that dates back to 1932. It is sold out. And there's going to be plenty to talk about once we get through week one. Special thanks, as always, Jim Almohundra, Cody Fincher, Lauren Coble, Ferran Wolfley, I'm Paul Calvisi. Special thanks to L.J. Collier for joining us on this edition of the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Number one, Kyler Murray! You've been listening to the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.